0: members. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Baptist Church. It's a lovely Sunday. We are so glad you're here with us. Um, We know that there is a lot of things going on in this world today, in our nation, in our city, our town, in our personal lives. And the best thing that we can do is pray and praise God, for He is worthy to be praised in all circumstances. So, wherever you are, whether you're at home or you're here with us, would you please stand so we can worship the Lord and praise the Lord together? you.
1: When darkness seems to hide his face, we rest in his amazing grace. Twenty years ago, it got as dark in this country as it's ever been in my lifetime. And since then, no doubt, many of you have had dark days, dark weeks, dark months, perhaps. But always God is faithful. And always God is all-powerful. And always God's will, in the end, is going to be done. You believe that? I was talking to Pat on the way to church, which we often do. Uh, I was talking to her on the way to the church, and I said, you know what? If you didn't have hope, if you lived in the world we live in with COVID, with Afghanistan, with, uh, with the World Trade Centers, with all of the stuff that's going and you didn't have hope, how difficult would that be? That must be awful. And it, it's, it's, it's a sense of urgency that ought to stimulate us to tell other people about Christ all the time so that they can have that same hope that we have in the Lord Christ. So let's bow our heads and speak to them right now. Our fathers, we bow in your presence. We're so grateful and thankful for the grace that you give us, the unmerited favor, the undeserved, unearned smiling of God upon our lives. God, I pray for this nation. Lord, we are in great need of spiritual renewal. I pray for revival. I pray that you would empower every gospel preacher who is in the pulpit today that they would speak what you would have them to speak and that people would respond in the way you would have them to. God, give people ears to hear and eyes to see what needs to be heard and seen in this dark age, in this weird world we live in. Father, thank you for each person here, each person watching by way of Facebook or YouTube. Lord, we pray your blessings upon us all. And may when we leave in a little while, may we say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and please be seated. We're glad to have you here. Uh, If you are a first-time guest in our services today, would you do us a favor? I promise we won't abuse this information at all, but I would love to have you fill out this card, which is right in the seat back in front of you. It, uh, It just has a place for your name and contact information, any prayer requests that you have, any comments that you'd like to make, whatever else. If we can be of any service, any help to you, please let us know. If you need money, see Bo, Bo take care of you. <laughs> yeah, uh, but whatever you need, we'd be glad to, to meet. And now, why do I always try to... First of all, we want to get to know who people are, but he, this, is, this was from last Sunday morning. It's a copy of, of one of the connection cards, and it's from a 12-year-old boy who was visiting for the first time ever, and he's from the L.A. area. And uh, one of our, uh, our tenders, um, Scott who, by the way, had a bicycle accident, broke both arms, and has some other injuries, so we need to be praying uh, for Scott, obviously. And Laura Stecker was in the hospital. I'll just mention all that right now, too, and continue to pray for Darlene uh, Platt. But anyhow, uh, Scott was at the beach on last Saturday night. He invited this father and son. The father's card filled out was amazing, too, but it was kind of personal, so I didn't want to share that. But listen to what this 12-year-old boy says. My next step today is to love and serve Jesus Christ. My comments about this church is that it's one of the best, uplifting, and happiest churches that I've ever been to. Isn't that great? In his 12 years, his long life of 12 years, it's one of the best he's ever been to. And I, I thank God for that. It makes my day when I see things like that. So that's why it's important to be friendly, huh? That's why it's important to, to say hi to people and to be earnestly uh, loving toward everyone and to make them feel very comfortable being here. Today, we're going to preach on the prayers of Jesus, the introduction, uh, the introductory message, and then we'll, uh, that'll be the foundation for the next uh, two or three or four, perhaps, sermons that come. There are not that many sermons that, he, that we know the words that he prayed. Actually, I mean, not that many prayers where we know the words he prayed. Uh, there are about 10 that we have some little pieces of. So uh, it's not going to be a real long series, but I hope it'll be a profitable one, the prayers of Jesus. And then Wednesday at 10 a.m., Bible Study Fellowship. We'll meet right here. Ladies, be sure to see, uh, to be here at 10 o'clock if you're interested. Talk to, uh, uh, to our leader about that uh, and uh, to Nicole. And then next Sunday, we'll be preaching on a boilerplate for prayer. You know what a boilerplate is? That's part of what we're going to go over next week. What a boilerplate is. If you're thinking of some uh, some uh, kind of a piece of metal tag on a big boiler, that's not what it is. Okay, Uh, boilerplate prayer uh, for prayer. Check out our bulletin for Bible studies held throughout the week. Friday also is ladies' Bible study right here. So we want you at nine o'clock. Nine forty-five. Nine forty-five. And then also, if you there's still time to bring some items for Silent Voices, which is a ministry to pregnant girls and women who have elected to go ahead and have their babies as opposed to having abortions. Uh, so we help, we help them out by taking new uh, baby items, maybe baby blankets, maybe, um, I don't know, a carrier or something. If they're new or in really good shape, uh, we'll take them over to them in the next couple of weeks. And be sure to vote. I got my I vote I Voted sticker. You all, you had yours yesterday. You don't have it today. Okay, but vote. so if you haven't voted, be sure to vote. If you if you not sure how to vote, see me. And I'll tell you how to vote. <laughs> I'll fill out your ballot for you if you want. Okay, no problem. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's here's what I've got for the bulletin. Early morning prayers in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Mark chapter one, verse thirty five. Today, we're beginning a series on the, on the prayers of Jesus. Oddly enough, we don't have a lot of his prayers recorded for us verbatim, but we do know he prayed and that he did so often. Mark tells us something that I think was probably a habit that Jesus had. He woke up early before the sunrise. He got alone with God and with the Father away from distractions, and he prayed. When do we pray? When our family was younger, it was very hard to have an early morning prayer time. It seemed like we were always running around trying to get the kids ready for school and preparing breakfast and making sure that we stayed on schedule so we wouldn't be late. We generally had our prayer time. When we put our children to bed, we'd read them a little story, usually uh, either a a Bible story or a story about a Bible truth, and then we would pray with them each night, and then we would later on uh, pray with each other before we would go to sleep. For the last several years, early morning prayer has become my favorite time for prayer and Bible reading. I wake up before Pat, the house is quiet, and I go through my morning routine. Pat has a different schedule. She stays up most every night very late, uh, and that's when she does her prayer, praying and Bible reading. The point is to do them, whenever you do it, to do them. The time of day is not as important as the practice of getting alone with God. Morning, noon, or night, or all three, make time for God. We need him in this crazy, sin-sick world. And now we're going to learn about the prayers of Jesus. But before we learn about the prayers of Jesus, we have a a special testimony. A friend of mine for, my goodness, maybe 40-some years, uh, Billy Falling, is going to come and share with us a specific testimony that that he has that he wanted to share. So I'm going to help him up here with... This is Billy Falling. He's a real live Cherokee... Bonafide, fide, higher or lower? How do you want you this? Want
2: to, you want to learn a little Cherokee? Yeah. See you, Tahitia. Yeah. Same to you. <laughs> anyway, I want to give a testimony this morning on tithing, but before I do, I want to give a little background and introduce my guest. <coughs> and I have a picture of the time that I met Pastor Bays in Washington D.C., and it has to do with our guest, our guest today. We met in Washington, D.C., and you got that video, the picture up there of a bunch of preachers with Tim LaHaye, and uh, we had uh, darker hair then, Um, more hair, (laughs) gray hair is better than no hair. (laughs) And we were there lobbying Congress in 1986 for the Freedom Fighters of Central America. And uh, we went from door to door to the congressional uh, offices, and as for support for, uh, the, from Congress, uh, this morning I have a guest with me, Jessica. She's from El Salvador. Her father was decapitated by the communists in El Salvador because they refused to join with their cause. She illegally migrated to the United States, has become a United States citizen. She's a Navy veteran, and she is a cancer survivor, and she is a born-again Christian. Everybody say, hello, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. So uh, my testimony is, uh, goes like this. Um, I was born again February the 4th, 1961 at the Church of the Open Door in downtown Los Angeles at a Youth for Christ rally where I gave my heart to the Lord. My mother taught me tithing. And at that time, I was a student at the Los Angeles City College, worked part-time at a gas station on Beverly Boulevard. Made $27 a week, and I put that tithe in their church of uh, $2.70. And would you believe at that time, that would have bought 10 gallons of gas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Think of the, I wouldn't buy a gallon today in California. But um, tithing goes back in the Old Testament. Uh, we read about uh, Abraham paying tithe to Melchizedek, the king of Salem. You know what Salem was? It was Jerusalem. And um, throughout, I've talked to people about tithing. i talked to a man about it in a donut shop. He said, well, that's Old Testament stuff. I said, well, yeah, I know. But Jesus said, don't leave this undone also. And so uh, throughout my life, I've been a tither. And in the lean days and in the fat days, uh, tithing was a part of my lifestyle and ministry. 10% belongs to the Lord. Not like Pastor Baze is teaching on tithing. We don't owe God 10%. We owe him 100%. But he asked us to bring 10% into the house of the Lord. And we don't serve God one day a week. We serve him seven days a week. And so uh, that's part of the tithing story. Um, I uh, went to Bible college. I graduated with a bachelor of theology degree, same as Pastor Bays has. Pastored three churches in California. One of them was um, up in Escondido, one that I founded called Faith Center of Escondido. You may have a picture of that with me hanging the sign <laughs> out where we served there. And God blessed our work. We had 98 seats, and we had hardwood floors, hardwood seats, a hardwood altar. And I claim that some of the people had hardwood heads. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, God blessed our work. We went from one to two services in the morning, and another one in the evening, and. It grew and was blessed, and today there are people out preaching the gospel. I watched two of them on the, the Internet and on TV this morning that were ordained out of that church. And So the Lord has blessed me. I'm a Cherokee Indian. I was raised in poverty, and uh, my grandmother was a full-blood Cherokee. I was born in the Cherokee Nation on September the 3rd, 1939. I'm 82 years old. I was born on the day that France and England declared war on Germany. You might remember that date. But um, in the um, course of uh, my lifetime, I have raised uh, two wonderful kids. I've owned three beautiful homes. One uh, one was with an avocado grove where I planted over 250 avocado trees. You might see a picture of my home there uh, if they have it. And uh, next one would be some of the trees that I planted and grew avocados in Valley Center while I pastored in Escondido. And every dime of the avocado income I set aside for my kids, for their education, their college uh, education. And today my son's an attorney in Washington State, and my daughter is a, married to a, um, uh executive of a corporate executive of a solar energy corporation. I have four grandkids. And so I've had a, a blessed lifestyle and a blessed life. But it's been, I claim, a part of my story has been of tithing. And if you see a bunch of avocados in the back of a uh, car there, in one of the pictures, um, uh, anybody like guacamole? How many like guacamole? Oh, uh, yeah, a lot of it. <laughs> Well that's great. You might have been eating some of my guacamole <laughs> up in Escondido when I sold it individually to the to the uh, restaurants and the mar- marketplaces instead of the packing houses where I got twice as much money for it. But um, You know, the Bible says in in Malachi chapter 3, and um, I'd like to share this because the punchline that I'm going to share with you is going to make a shouting Methodist out of you. I mean, I know that you're nice, quiet Baptist people, but sometimes people can get excited, you know. (laughs) Uh, uh, In Malachi chapter 3, the Bible says um, in uh, chapter, verse 10 and 11, "...bring you all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house." And you prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough for you to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall the vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Think of that. Rebuke the devourer. I mean, God can make your transmission last for 300,000 miles. You know that? I just, I got an... I got a new car three years ago. It was given to me, and it replaced the old car that I was driving for 17 years that I sold to my neighbor, and the neighbor was so glad to give it. They gave me $50 extra more than I was asking for it, but uh, it just was blessed of God for sure. But I had this new car, and I thought, well, I'm going to go visit my sisters in um, Vegas. On a trip to Vegas, 340 miles, I had a prayer meeting with God, and I said, Lord, you've blessed me with this new car? And I'm in good health. I've recovered from a lot of things thanks to the VA hospital congestive heart failure. Heart, I got my pacemaker battery charged up and my uh, hip replaced. And uh, what should I do with myself? And the Lord impressed me to take a missionary journey. And uh, I remember, Paul took missionary journeys. Well, I've preached in three different churches in California, and I have friends up and down the coast. So I put the word out and I went up the coast and I took myself a. Uh, communion set and anointing oil, and I preached and I prayed for people. And one of the people that I prayed for was my uh, cousin up in um, uh, Eugene, Oregon. She was in ill health and was elderly and in her last stages of life. And she um, had outlived three husbands and and two uh, two sons. And I spent four days and four nights with her, and and I know the Lord really had me to be there with her for that period of time. And and so uh, she passed away uh, a year ago, April. And I got a letter from this attorney saying that she had put me in her will. And she, she had properties. She had rental, rental properties and a, a home that she lived in and bank accounts that I never knew about. But um, this attorney said I was a part of her will. And the punchline of my testimony this morning that I want to leave with you is this. And I want to show you the picture of it, but this week... I received a check from the estate for $133,627.09 tax-free. Come on, shout amen. (laughs) I knew you could do it. (laughs) That's tax-free. And I attribute that to my, my, uh, my record of tithing. And my practice of tithing, I've had so much fun already. The bank's got a hold on that, by the way. Don't get excited (laughs) until it all clears. But um, um, the first thing I did the next day, I took a check down to this church in South Bay that's having a hard time. Gave the pastor a check for $1,000, and he was so happy to get it. I called a missionary that I hadn't talked to in 53 years. 53 years the Lord put it on my heart to bless this missionary family. I called them, and uh, they had been on their own hard times. Now the husband has Parkinson's, and, and uh, the good news is tomorrow they're going to receive by priority mail a package from me with a check for $500 for that ministry. And the bank gave me a little little to, to play with here, so I want to pay a pledge of uh, what I made to, for the pastor. That video monitor up there I requested a year over a year and when we sat in the back and before covid and i couldn't see the front and the church put it in for me and it cost almost 500 dollars so pastor here's a check for 500 dollars for that monitor. <laughs> now that's not my monitor that's the <laughs> churches but um, i also uh, i made a pledge to um, i really appreciate the work of uh, rachel and the live love uh, salvation foundation and i thank god the check finally came i've been telling her about this for over a year I made a pledge of $1,000 to the Live Love Salvation Foundation. And I don't need no block on no my name on it in Africa. This is where needed most. But here's a check for $1,000 for the Live Love Life Foundation. Amen. <laughs> and uh, for the church treasurer, God bless you, Lily. And for the church treasurer, my tithe checks are going to be different in the future because uh, I'm trying, working out a system for an investment to double my income. And so I can double my income and double my tithe. I'm on Social Security, and and not anymore, by the way.
1: <laughs>
2: but uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And I want to pay a, I want to pray a tithing prayer for you. Is that okay? I want to pray a prayer for you, Lord. I just pray for this congregation. They love to give, and I pray, Lord, this inspiring message will motivate others to that are on the Facebook and who will hear this later uh, to be. Come, tithers, and trust you, and let what you pour out a blessing upon them, they can't receive. What you rebuke the devourer for their sake. Bless them, Lord, I pray. And the next time that Pastor Bays baptizes somebody over here in the tank, I pray that he had a tither in his tank. In Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right.
1: Any other Cherokees want to give a testimony? Let's stand. We'll continue to worship the Let's make that a prayer. Would you bow your heads just a moment and just say this. Just say, Lord Jesus, be my life. Lord Jesus, be my life. Can you imagine how Coronado would be transformed if all of us walked out of here and Jesus was our life? Imagine how our families would be transformed. Our own personal lives. If Jesus was our life. Hallelujah. All I have is Christ. I am rich, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and be seated. Thank you, praise team, for leading us this morning. Boys and girls, where are you? I want to find out where all the boys and girls are. Raise your hands up so I'll see you. So, Okay, right back over here, right back over here, right over there, right over there. Yeah, okay, anybody else? Yep, right back here. Okay, anybody else? Over on the aisle. Yes, sir. All right, boys and girls, listen up. One time there were three trees in a deep, 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 deep dark forest. And these trees were not average trees because these trees had dreams. they How many of you boys and girls have dreams? Two of you, three of you, four of you, five of you. Oh, one of you had two arms up. Okay, yeah. All right, well, these trees would dream, and they would dream, and they would talk to each other about their dreams. And one tree wanted to be a palace. He wanted to be cut down someday and sawed into boards and beams and taken somewhere and a palace built out of it. He's so excited about being used to make a palace, another one wanted to be a great ship to sail on the oceans the seven seas and he, he was just excited about that of being a ship one of those, one of those days. The last tree wanted to be a cathedral where people could come and worship god and a cathedral is a really, really, really fancy church that 's what a cathedral is okay and so these trees would talk about their dreams and they would dream about it one day they got so excited because a carpenter came to the forest, all the way where they were. And he took one of the trees and he cut it down and he went back to his workshop. And guess what he made out of that tree? Who wanted to be a palace? He made a feed box out of it. Made a feed box out of it. The tree was a little disappointed, to tell you the truth. And then one day, after several days, the carpenter came back and and he was there where the other two trees were. And one of them was saying, oh, take me, take me. I want to be... It raised." Its, branch up. In fact, all of its branches up. And it said, take me. I want to be a, a big ocean-going vessel, and I want to sail the seven seas. And so the carpenter cut down that tree and took it back to his shop. And guess what he made out of it? A little fishing boat, a little bitty fishing boat. And the tree was kind of sad about that. And guess what happened next? Carpenter came back after a few months, and he looked for another tree, and he said, this will be perfect, and the tree was so excited because he wanted to be a part of a cathedral. And so the carpenter cut him down and took him to a shop, and ooh, you know what he made out of him? A cross. A cross. He was sad, too. So these trees were sad because one of them was going to be a feed box, and one of them was going to be a fisherman's boat, and one of them was going to be a cross, which was used to put people to death. Well, guess what happened one night? A little baby was born named Jesus. And Jesus was laid in that little feed box, that little manger, little feed trough. And that feed trough was so excited. He said, you know what? This is better than all the palaces in the whole wide world. Guess what else happened? Not too long after that, well, a few years after that, actually about 30 years after that, It goes that fast, I'm telling you. After 30 years... This little fishing boat was on the Sea of Galilee near the shore, and all of a sudden there was this great crowd of people gathered, and it was so huge that the one who was speaking couldn't couldn't find a good place to be able to teach from. So he, he said, hey, would you bring that fishing boat over here? And they brought the fishing boat over, and he got in it. They went out on the sea. And you know what? I've been to a, a part of the Sea of Galilee that's like that. It's kind of like an amphitheater, and, and when you're on the water, you talk, and it kind of like uh, is, amplifies your sound. And so So guess who this teacher was? Anybody know? Jesus. And Jesus was in the boat, and that that little fisher boat said, oh, man, this is better than being the Queen Mary. That's not really what he said, but he he said, this is better than being the largest and best and most fancy voyage-taken big old ship ever. I have the Master, I have the Son of God teaching in me. Well, the, the, other, the other tree had been made into a cross, heard about all of that, and he was so happy for them, but he was still sad about himself because he knew that someone would die on him one day. But just a few years later, maybe three years later, after, after this teaching on the Sea of Galilee, he brought someone, laid him upon this tree, and nailed him to the cross. And then it was that time that the tree realized this was Jesus, the Son of God, dying for the sins of the world so that we could have eternal life. So you know what, boys and girls? We pray, and we can pray for whatever we want to pray for. Sometimes God answers our prayers, but sometimes he doesn't answer it the way that we wanted it answered. But you know what? God always answers it in a better way than ever we could have had it if we'd have had our own way. So here's the important thing. Pray and let God use you. Boys and girls, pray and let God use you any way that he wants to because he knows what's best. By the way, trees can't really pray. But you you can, and 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 you can. So make sure that you do. Okay, boys and girls, go to your Sunday school class. Go ahead right now, those uh, in the, the two classes. And moms and dads, if you have your New Testament, would you turn to Matthew chapter 6, please? Matthew chapter 6. We start our series today on the prayers of Jesus. And and this is a kind of, like I said, a foundational one. There's a popular Christian saying that prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Now, if that's the case, uh, Pat, would you help her? Yeah, she's trying to get through there. Okay. All right, there you go. All right. Um, uh, if that's the case, and I believe it is, I believe prayer does change things, then every prayer is important. And if that's so, then the prayers of Jesus are of utmost importance. So today we embark on a study of the specific prayers of our Savior, and today's message is the introduction. So uh, the first point is this, the main themes of Jesus' prayers. What, did he, what do you pray for? I, pray, I find myself praying for the same things over and over. I pray, I pray for uh, our nation. I pray for my children and grandchildren. I pray for good health. I pray for our people who maybe are battling COVID or cancer or uh, something else. I pray for the marriages of our our church. I pray for other gospel preachers, other gospel churches that are preaching. I pray for uh, God to meet our needs. I pray for my own spiritual and physical and emotional health, that of my wife as well. Those kinds of things I pray for. What did Jesus pray for? In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, we actually find um, four major themes. And let me get to that point and go ahead and read that for you. In Matthew chapter 6. I didn't have it queued up here. What's going on with that? Okay, let's try the Bible. <clears throat> This is what's called the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it's, it's actually, as we've said before, not really the Lord's Prayer. It's the disciples' prayer. And it's something that Jesus shared with his disciples to help them be able to figure out what to pray for and how to pray. So in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, after this manner, therefore pray you, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Turn the volume down just a little bit, Grant. I'm getting a little echo. Um, and thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. So, in this short prayer, this short uh, kind of a um, uh, here's here's what you ought to pray for. He he shares four things with us. First of all, the glorifying of God's name on the earth. The glorifying of God's name on the and that's a good way to start our prayers. Uh, to say. As, as we as we pray to god god you're you're omnipotent your your power is unlimited you're able to control everything, you're able to uh, control the taliban you're able to control uh, my own sinful impulses you're able to control every situation you're able to control school boards you're able to control um, uh, those in the administration of our uh, country, Believe it or not, he's able to control them. Uh, he is omnipotent. So we, we say, uh, hallowed be thy, praise be to thy name, glorifying God. God, you are amazing, God. You're my hope. You're my life. You're my everything. So this is what he's talking about. It means to re- regard and venerate as holy, clean, pure, the name, the title, the character, and the person of, of Father God. And the word used there for, for God is Abba. Abba, father, was a unique thing to the Jews in particular. They, they never used such intimate words in talking about their father. They they wouldn't. You know this. They wouldn't even write down the name of God. They wouldn't write Jehovah. They would write it with uh, with uh, letter four different letters. But uh, they they just thought it was irreverent for their carnal, uh, fleshly lips to utter the name of Jehovah God. So this this is amazing here because he said hallowed be thy name. Um, and, and he's saying the authority of the person of the father or daddy, God, really what, what it means. Uh, we must not interpret this as, you know, that God's male and, and, you know, God's neither male nor female. God's above that. He's a spirit being, uh, but um, masculine uh, titles are often used of him in the word of God. So father but in, in other places, he's, he talks about a mo- he compares God to a mother hen, the scriptures do, who gathers her chicks under her. So uh, it's, it's not that he's male as such. He's above all of that. And then the second thing they pray for is the coming kingdom and, uh, of God and, the, and on the earth thy kingdom come. And this is a prayer for the establishment of uh, the kingdom of God, the, the ruling and, and running of situations by God Almighty. First of all, in the hearts of individuals in your heart and mine he wants to be he wants this kingdom to be established he wants you to live under a set of rules that he has a set of guidelines that he has in the in the word of god well the, the first thing he wants you to do is to become a disciple and a follower of him And you can't become a disciple until you confess your sin to him, ask him to forgive you, ask him to come into your heart and your life, be your personal savior, and uh, then whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's the first step. Then beyond that, you need to be baptized, you need to uh, start giving, you need to start tithing, praise the Lord, a a tither in the tank. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Young people are going like, what? But there used to be a, never mind. Anyhow tiger in the tank. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, he wants to establish his kingdom in our hearts, in the hearts of the individual. Does God rule in your life or do you rule? You teenagers and pre-teenagers and so on, you, uh, do you let God determine what you're going to do, what you're going to say, where you're going to go, wh- what you're going to be, or do you, do you have the ultimate say? Because if the kingdom of God is ruling and reigning in your heart and life, you will listen to him. You'll take your orders from him. You'll, you'll arrange your life according to his dictates, not according to your own. And I promise you, you're going to be a lot happier if you do that. You let the kingdom of God rule and reign in your own heart. Because And a bunch of us here who used to rule our and reign our own lives before we let God in could testify to that. Can I get an amen to that? That's right. So, uh, by the way, I've been a preacher for Almost 50 years, I guess, or thereabouts, somewhere. I I can't remember, Uh, but I think 50 years. I have zero, zero regrets of serving God full-time. I am so grateful and so thankful he let me. He allowed me to be in the ministry. I love it. So in the the hearts of individuals, he wants to establish his kingdom. That goes to adults, too, not just teenagers. Uh, God wants you to be under his rule and his reign as your God and your king. And then secondly, upon the earth in the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. So someday there's a coming kingdom. You know that? Someday there's a thousand-year righteous reign. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. A thousand years of righteous reign. All things are going to be different. The lion and the lamb will lay down together. The lion will not eat the lamb. Uh, it will it'll coexist with it. And, uh, and people will live to be, uh, they'll, they'll go back to pre- uh, flood days with their length of life, the uh, 800, 900, 1,000 years. If someone dies at 100, it's because they were judged immediately for sin. so And they're considered an infant or a, or young, a young person, only 100 years old, and died. That's awful, yeah. Uh, so it's going to be completely different uh, when Christ is ruling from his kingdom on the earth. And that's promised, and it will take place one of these days. Third thing is to pray for, the daily sustenance and protection of his disciples. Give us this day our daily bread. This has two meanings. I, I, I read several commentators said one is metaphorically it means give us what our, the spiritual nourishment that we need because when Jesus was in the wilderness, for example, he said uh, he said man shall not live by bread alone. When he was tempted to eat uh, to turn the stones into into bread uh, because he had been fasting for forty days and forty nights, uh, so. Uh, metaphorically, to be to have spiritual nourishment, something that you can't get from physical food, and some in fact, some of the most powerful men of God and and, and women of God in the Word of God uh, were had that power demonstrated as a result of fasting in their lives. So, uh, so there's a spiritual feeding that's necessary, but literally it means supply our physical needs. Now, I didn't ever know this before. I, I read one. One commentator that said, the best interpretation for this give us our daily bread is really give us bread for tomorrow. Is that so Billy? I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. And and what he was saying was uh, that all provision comes from God, uh, but none of us are promised long-term sustenance or long-term lives, or none of us are promised another week, right? We have people who are not here today, who were here last week, I mean, in the world, Uh, because they met an untimely death or because they were in an accident or because they had disease or because of a heart or something happened and they're no longer here. So we are, so God, give us what we need uh, for tomorrow. Just provide tomorrow. We're not, we're not looking beyond that. Uh, We can make our plans, but the plans are up to God, whether they're fulfilled or not. So the prayer, the prayer here provides for our needs, by the way, not our greeds, our needs, not our greeds. James says you ask, and sometimes, guess what? You don't receive because you ask amiss that you can consume it upon your lusts. Some of the things we ask for, when the lottery first came into being here in the state of California, I I had people, preacher, pray for me. I'm praying I win the lottery. Because if I win the lottery, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to be your biggest giver ever. You're going to love it. Uh, So pray I win the lottery. And I'm thinking, hey, you know what I read this morning? I read this morning some lady in Ireland who won something like 57, I think it was $57 million uh, back about five or six, seven years ago, said it was the worst thing that ever happened to her in her life. Worst thing that ever happened to her in her life. I know some of you are saying, you know what, I'd like to see that for myself. I think I already told you this. I don't buy lottery tickets. I don't believe that's the right thing to do. The right th- I mean, you can do it if you want to. But, uh, but I-, I heard early on that your chances of winning the lottery were equal to becoming Miss America. Like I'm going to become Miss America, right? So <laughs> I figure there's no point in buying lottery tickets. Absolutely not. But uh, but here, sometimes we pray, so we pray for things. And, and you know what? Sometimes you have to do a, a check. You have to really examine why you are praying for what you are praying for, because sometimes it's not real obvious on the surface. But if you dig a little deeper, you find out it's something that that you want more than necessarily what God wants. So uh, then, the fourth thing is the redemption of the world from sin and suffering. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Literally. Don't let us succumb to this time of testing. In 1 Corinthians 10, by the way, the idea of I can't help myself, preacher, I want to quit drinking, but I can't. I want to quit smoking, but I can't. I want to quit taking drugs, but I can't. I want to quit being immoral, but I can't. I want to quit with pornography, but I can't. Listen to what God says, there's no temptation taking you, but what is common to man, that God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. No temptation, you know what that means? You know what that means in the Greek? No temptation. No testing. There is no testing. Well, preacher, you don't understand how... Well, no, but God does. And he says, there's nothing, no temptation that you can't get the victory over through Jesus Christ. Now, if you're not saved, I understand. and, And another commentator said, this means rescue us from evil and wickedness or the evil one. So this might be referencing even not just evil, it's all around us, and it is all around us. It might be referencing also the evil one, Satan himself. Secondly, we see Jesus and his prayers, and I know you're getting, you're getting a little worried because it's 5 to 11, and I'm on point 2. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I only have 33 points, so it's no problem. Jesus, thank you. Jesus and his prayers, and we know that prayer was part of his daily regimen. It was something he did. It was more important to him than eating physical food Uh, It was something he did every day. It was part of his daily uh, routine. However, we only have a few of his prayers that are recorded with any substance at all for us. Uh, Jesus said, for example, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. So one of the things he talks about is when you pray, get away from distractions. It's not going to be real easy to sit there and pray in front of the TV if you're watching the Chargers lose today. And by the way, you at home watching the Chargers game, instead of watching, well, you're not watching me, so I can't, okay. If you look at this later, you should be in church, not watching the Chargers at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, which is when the game is. I have it DVR. I understand. So, so get rid of the distractions. And while on earth, Jesus was a man of passion, discipled prayer, and disciplined prayer. He, oh, he was a good Jewish man. You understand he wasn't American, Right you understand he wasn't an American. He was not. He, he was he, he was a Jewish man. And more on this point later, because some of the Jewish prayers are going to play prominent in what he actually prays. And then the Lord's prayers is this synthesis of what we ought to pray for, which we already went over. Point three. Now you're encouraged, right? Jesus was a man of prayer. Now I have I don't know how many points here. Let me see. I have a lot of points with the verses. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna give you the references. I think they're in the notes. But I, take trust me or look it up and verify. Okay. Um, he rose up early to pray. Mark one thirty-five. We already read that one. He prayed for his disciples. Luke twenty-two thirty-two. A- and the whole seventeenth chapter of John is him praying for his disciples. And and I'm. A, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. But he's also prayed for you. Did you know that? John 17, read it. He's also prayed for you uh, back uh, 2,000 years ago. He commanded his disciples to pray, Luke chapter 18, verse 1. He prayed at his own baptism, Luke chapter 3, verse 21. By the way, he got baptized when he was 30 years of age. I don't know why I said that. Um, he, he, <laughs> you say, preacher, I got baptized when I was a baby. You, you, what, they held you under? Uh, okay, that's another sermon for another day. All right, tither in the tank. Yeah, I like it. Okay, uh, he prayed his baptism, Luke chapter three, verse twenty-one. Now, uh, next thing is he prayed with thanksgiving, Matthew twenty-six, twenty-six. As they were eating, he he asked the blessing upon the food as he as he. Um, began the the tradition uh, or the ordinance of the Lord's Supper or Communion. He prayed when he was stressed. I am going to read these verses because some of you would think, well, Jesus was God. He was never stressed. Jesus knew how everything's going to work out, so surely he couldn't be stressed. Well, listen to this: Matthew twenty six thirty six. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here, and I go yonder and pray. Luke amplifies on this in Luke twenty-two forty-one, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast. I don't know how far that would be, but you know, I mean, a stone's cast. And he he was and he kneeled down and he prayed, saying, "Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. God, please don't let me be crucified. But if that's what you want, then do it." Verse 43, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and sweat, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Have you ever prayed until you literally bled into your sweat? I haven't. I'm certain I haven't come close to that. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God, who came to this world for the purpose of dying on the cross knowing full well what was going to happen later on, still was under so much stress that capillaries in his skin broke and the blood released mixed with perspiration and dripped on his clothing and dripped to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer, he came to his disciples. That was the beginning of the bloodletting for Christ. It really began there not too long he would be beaten and his beard would be plucked out, which would cause him to bleed in certain places. And then he would be crowned with a crown of thorns and he would be whipped with a cat of nine tails. And a lot of people died right there at that, at that uh, moment because of the copious blood loss and the agony and the pain and the distress that he went through. But he lived through that. They put a cloak upon him and mocked him and hit him with a rod, and they pulled the cloak off and and pulled off any scabbing that was done and caused him to bleed some more. And then he was taken to the cross and nailed hands and feet and finally had a spear thrust into his side. He prayed in the wilderness, Luke 5, 16. He prayed on the mountain, Luke 6, 12. He used to have church members who said, where were you last week? Oh, I went to the mountains. Preacher, I, I just feel so close to God. I worship God there. So you worship God in the mountains? So why'd you take a fishing rod? Are you trying to catch him? <laughs> he worshipped in the wilderness. He worshiped on the mountain. He taught his disciples what to pray. Number four, Jesus embraced Jewish prayers. This is something I had never heard until I prepared for this sermon. I mean, I knew the Shema. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it Shema or Shema. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I commend you this day shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently unto your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets, between your eyes and thou shalt write upon them the post of your, uh, on the post of your house and on your gate. So God is one God. I love him with all you have, keep His words. Jesus often prayed those values, those same things because he was a Jewish young man and he knew the Shema. He knew it by memory. Then there's the Tefila, I guess that's how you pronounce it, Tefila. The tefillah are 18 different separate benedictions, probably the most loved Jewish prayers besides Shema. They were repeated twice daily by the Orthodox Jew, and three of the benedictions are found in Jesus' prayers. For example, benediction three is, Holy are you, and your name is revered, and there is no God other than you. Blessed are you, Adonai, the holy God. That's in the, uh, the, the tefillah, Jewish prayers. Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Praising the name of his Father, just as the benediction three did. Benediction six is, forgive us our Father, for we have sinned against you. Wipe out and remove our transgressions from before your eyes, for great is your mercy. Blessed are you, Adonai, who is quick to forgive. Guess what? Compare that to Luke eleven four, when Jesus prayed, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then in the seventh benediction, see our affliction and fight our fight. Redeem us for the sake of your name. Blessed are you, Adonai, who redeems Israel. And they keep saying Adonai instead of Jehovah. Again, they wouldn't pronounce or write the name of Jehovah, uh, but they're using this reference uh, to him as, as master, who, who redeems Israel. And Jesus said, uh, Father, the hours come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you as you've also given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many uh, as you have given him. And this is the life eternal that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And now I am no more in this world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, uh, keep through your own name those who you have given me and they that that they may be as one even as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name, and those who you gave me I have kept, and none of them lost is lost but the son of perdition that the Scripture might be fulfilled. All of that Jesus would have been given by the Father uh, were kept. Uh, Judas Iscariot was never one of his from the beginning. The Bible says from the beginning he was not a believer, and so he was the one that was lost. The next Jewish prayer that I would reference is the Kadesh, I believe it is, Kaddish glorified and sanctified be the, the God's great name throughout all the world that he has created according to his will. May he establish his kingdom in your lifetime and during your days and within the life of the entire house of Israel speedily and soon and say amen. That's, that's the prayer uh, called the Kaddish. And Father, Jesus said, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. So he's talking about the kingdom coming. And then there's the Abba Rabbah. Sounds kind of cool. With great love have you loved us, Lord our God. Great and abundant mercy have you bestowed upon us, our Father, our King, for the sake of our forebears who trusted in you, whom you did teach the laws of life. Be gracious unto us and teach us likewise. And again, without reading it all, in John 17, he, he, is, he prays again, and he prays for those who are in the Father and for the ones who, who will be given to him, for you and me who will become Christians 2,000 years after this prayer was made. He prays for grace at meals. I already mentioned that. So, number fifth point is Jesus still prays today. Did you know that? One of, what does he do in heaven? One of the things he does is he prays. In Romans eight thirty four, who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, that rose again, who is even at the right hand of the Father, who also makes intercession for us. He's at the right hand of God the Father. What, the right hand man, right? You know what the right? That's a place of authority and prominence. And there's no one equal to to Jesus Christ. And he's on the right hand. Here's here's God's throne. Here's Jesus on the right hand side. And he is making intercession for you and for me. When we mess up. He's pleading the blood. When we do something, he's praising us. When we do something good, he's praying, God, meet the needs of this, uh, this sailor. Meet the needs of this businessman. Meet the needs of this police person, this law enforcement law. Meet the needs of, uh, uh, and he, he fills in your name. He's praying for you. He prays that the Father would protect the church. He prays for physical protection, spiritual protection. He prays for his church to be sanctified, that we would be holy. We, we should not walk as the world walks, folks. We are in the world, not of the world. There's a difference. So we, our, our lives, our testimonies, our words, we ought to be pleasing unto him. Make us holy for his sake. Make us one with, with, with the Lord and, and, and the desires he has for us. He prays for us who will believe through the message of the disciples in John 17, 20, neither I pray for these alone, the ones that he had already been given, but for them also who shall believe on me through their word, and they may all be one. Thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Prayers of Christ, powerful words. The fact that he prayed, an example to us the content of what he prayed, ought to become an outline for our prayers. Do you pray? Do we pray? Do we really pray? Father, I know many times I've been convicted about my own prayer life. I pray that right now you would show us if our prayer lives are pleasing to you, great. If they're not, Lord, show us. Plant in our hearts, our sinful hearts, yeah, saved, but still bombarded with sin. Plant in our sinful hearts the seed of a desire to be different, to be dependent upon you, to be in communication with you, to be one with you. And one with other believers. God, I pray for those who maybe never have a real set-aside prayer time, who may pray just kind of haphazardly whenever it comes to their mind, whenever they need something. But other than that, Lord, haven't discovered the riches and the joy of abiding in your presence. God, may you work in their heart right now. May they with your help, begin to set aside a time in a place where they'll not be disturbed, where they can worship you and praise you and pour out your their needs to you. Where you can talk to them as they talk to you. God help us. God help us. Lord, I pray for those who are prayer warriors. To bombard your throne with prayers for a needy world, a broken world, a torn up world. God, I pray you would bless them, keep them consistent, keep them strong in their prayer. Lord, help our prayers be, mean something, not just be something we do by rote, from memory. Say it as quickly as we can, get it over with. God, help us to pray from hearts that are absolutely in tune with you. Forgive us our sins and bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me, please? Maybe you'd like to receive Christ as your personal Savior. I'd be glad to show you how. Guys, maybe you'd like to come and have a word of prayer with me. I'd be glad to pray for you. Or maybe you just need to pray. At this altar. Ladies, my wife's down here. She'd be glad to pray for you. Maybe you want to join the church, want to be baptized, want to rededicate your life. Maybe you want to say, starting today, I want to have a real, vital prayer life. Whatever it is, as the praise team sings, we're going to sing a verse, maybe two. That'll be it. So come on right now, the invitation is open for you.
0: just as we
1: Good, huh? God is good. God is good. Thank you, Billy, for that tremendous testimony. We appreciate that. and uh, I paid I was buying gas for nineteen nine, nineteen nine, nineteen 19 cents and 19.9 cents, 1966, Springfield, Missouri. I was making, let's see, uh, when I surrendered to ministry, I liked it. You know how sometimes you'll hear about a testimony from a preacher who said I could have been a movie star, I could have been wealthy, I could have been this, I could have been that. I was making a dollar eight cents an hour, <laughs> and if I hadn't surrendered ministry, I'd be still broke, I'm sure. <laughs> I started out tithing, Billy. I, I, I did the same. I, I would, I would. Well, I started out just giving a little bit, you know. And then I started out figuring, I'll get my, my stub, my page stub, and if it was like $25, I would give $2.50. And then I started rounding it up a little bit. I'd go like $2.75. And, and then pretty soon I was saying, you know what, I just need, I, oh, I, for, I skipped a step. I used to tithe only on the net instead of the gross. I thought that, you know, hey, I don't even see that money. Government's got that, so why should I tithe on that? But I, I started tithing on that too. Yes, sir?
2: I uh, failed to mention that i have downsized in my houses in the Mobile I live in now. It has quadrupled in value since I moved into it. So um, I told
1: Pastor Bates, I said, I could sell that, but if I did I'd have to come live with you. But you didn't no, that's not, <laughs> It's not God's will. It's not God <laughs> <laughs> We could build a teepee on the property. <laughs> Hello, Billy. We had some good times, and I'll tell you what, he's got a, I wish he, wish he had more of your books, because he's got an incredible book that I loved reading, uh, so, I, I don't know, I just don't want to go home yet. I'm, I'm still talking, <laughs> carrying on. Whatever we can do to help you out, we're here to do it. God bless you, we're glad that you're here. John, would you come up here and dismiss us in order of prayer, please? John Lauer, come on up, and uh, for the sake of those that are at home, we want to use the microphone, so... There you go. Thank you for being in God's house today. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this time to worship you, this time to learn more about you, this time to be revived. We praise you. Pray that each of us could be praying often. You say, pray without ceasing. Help us to do that. Pray this week we could be doing that and glorifying you. Go with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the Lord's Day.